It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the Bengals post-game edition on this Christmas Eve into Christmas Day, if you're listening. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor with Rick Boring. It's always presented by Ryan Kiefer of First Community Mortgage after a crazy 22-18 Bengals victory of the New England Patriots where... Uh, this looked like the reversal of Tampa last week, only yeah. without all the turnovers, although the Bengals had, did have two huge giveaways in this game, Rick. I don't even know where to start to unpack it other than this defense has proven to be opportunistic, right? And boy, what a, they made a, a play again, just like they did in that Tampa game. Yeah, it was the opposite of last week. The only difference is the Bengals are a really good team that found a way to win, and the Buccaneers were not last yeah, week. Um yeah. The finish was insane. The Patriots had the ball first and goal at the Bengals five. They go out of the shotgun. They hand it off to Stevenson, who was hit like three or four yards in the backfield by Von Bell. He also knocks the ball loose and Tupo recovers. So then Cincinnati took the ball back at their own eight with under a minute to play. And they're able to take about take it down to about 40 seconds left before they punted the ball back to the Patriots. And then at that point, the defense was able to hold. And Skinny, I thought, you know, you, you mentioned it to start it. The, the defense really dominated the Patriots offense throughout the game, I thought. There were a couple of plays that the Patriots were able to make in the second half, but they also got a, a few 50-50 calls that went their way. And then the, the tipped touchdown in the fourth quarter where it was like, you know, I mean, a, a great play by them, obviously, but it's also a ball that probably or it's a play that's probably hits at about a 15 to 20% rate. I mean, you're, you're rarely going to get that ball right. directly back no into J- Jacoby Myers hands, but you let it, by the way, BJ Hill got the fumble recovery. I know there was a mass of bodies there, but he got officially got credited with that fumble recovery at the goal line. But um, yeah, but you know, that's what happened. You kind of let them hang around right to where it was a play here and a play there. Um, you had them down 22 to nothing. Your offense was clicking at a high rate. New England didn't even run their first snap in Cincinnati territory until the fourth quarter, and yet it never felt like they could put them away. A missed extra point here, a missed field goal there, the interception in the red zone that Burrow threw where he was on the same page with Tyler Boyd, and then the interception, the pick six he throws that really kind of opened the door where it didn't look like he and Jamar Chase were on the same page. And that's odd to me because Joe was great all day, don't get me wrong, but to see him have two moments like that, 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 that group that's been so cohesive to have two moments like that, it almost cost him. Well, and I think, you know, that throw specifically, did it did it not look like he was trying to make the back shoulder read in that situation yes, while he was also yes, getting some yes. pressure? I think those are one of the that's one of those plays where it looks really bad when it happens, but seven or eight times out of ten, they are on the same page. No and you look back at that play on a replay and you go, God, that their their communication and their chemistry is just special. That time it just didn't work out and it ended up looking really bad. It did look really bad. There's no question. Yeah. Um, let's go back to the start of the game, though, Skinny. The, they got off to this 22-0 lead at halftime, and the first two drives of the game specifically were easy work for Burrow and the receivers. Yeah. Nine of his first nine. He actually completed his first 10 passes overall, um, and he was just picking them apart. Um, you know, again, the only negative to it was, you know, you missed the extra point, then you missed the two point conversion. And then you do get a field goal. Instead of being up three scores at that point, you're still only up 15 to nothing. But yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow came out hot. Trent Irwin <laughs> was a part of that. T Higgins was a part of that. Jamar Chase was a part of that. Look at the, the, the way they spread the ball around again. Um, Joe Burrow still, even though this game ended up wonky, he still showed you why uh, he is a guy that's going to find ways to win games. I mean, he absolutely picked them apart for the first 
first uh, half of this football game. Trenton Irwin had two touchdowns again in this game. He was targeted four times. Is he becoming seemingly a favorite target for Joe Burrow because he's falling out recently, or is it because teams are leaving him wide open while being more worried about the Bengals' bigger names? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of both. I, I think he trusts Trenton. I mean, you know, Trenton almost had a third touchdown catch, just kind of go off his fingertips when, yeah. when he outstretched it. I, I've said this before, you know, Trenton was on the practice squad for a chunk of this year, but I've always been of the belief he is clearly their fourth best wide receiver, and it's not even close. The problem for him is, until some of these injuries happen where you had to have him up as a receiver, they valued the other guys as better special teams players, which they are. And so that's why Trenton was down. But once Trenton did start the ball out, I think what you are starting to see is they've got a lot of trust to play Trenton in. And especially with, you know, Tyler Boyd, um, I'd have to look at his snap counts. You know, I have not looked at him yet, but I'm going to guess he probably was in for 60% of the offensive snaps. You know, they got him off the field a little bit. Um, they got Chase off the field a little bit. And I think that's probably a good thing is, is you've got a fourth receiver you can roll in there and trust. Burrow finishes this game 40 of 52 for 375 yards with three touchdowns, and he had the two interceptions. When you look at the second half, the offense didn't score any points after scoring 22 in the first half and looking so sharp. Did you see anything that went wrong specifically, or was it more just about those two turnovers? I think it's more about those two turnovers, um, to be quite frank, and a missed field goal. I mean, we got to factor that in. You know, it was a day where I know everybody's down on Evan McPherson. I get it because he's missing extra points now and he's missing field goals he should hit. Yeah, what um, what do you make of that? I, I make of it honestly. I think it was a tough place to kick today because their kicker was the same, was dealing with the same stuff, and especially on that one end of the field, I don't think anybody made a kick. Um, on that one end of the field all day long. So I, I think that factored into it a little bit too. I know it's kind of a, a, a accumul- accumulation of things over the last few weeks where he's been missing these kicks. Um, I'm still going to trust that guy. He hasn't cost him a game yet. You could argue, boy, don't wait till he cost you one. But I, I still have faith in, in, in Evan McPherson. And he's got such a, a strong mental makeup. I'm sure he'll put it behind him too. But yeah, I mean, you start to add some of that stuff up. And instead of being up certain possession amounts, you're not. You know, human nature is you do kind of take a deep breath and, you know, you you do have a maybe a, a, a moment or a series where you just kind of check out mentally for whatever reason. That's just human nature um, where it's concerned. But, um, I, yeah, I'm not going to make too much of it, but it was disappointing. You know, they rolled up 303 yards and 22 first downs in the first half. And maybe you can blame me for this tweet because I tweeted out at halftime, you know, the team record in a game is 35 first downs. And that seemed like it was well within range of them getting, and they just couldn't get anything cranked up in the second half. You could also argue this too, Rick, and it's 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 worth discussing at least, you know, did when, when Lyle Collins went out, how much did that affect the pass rush and, and the way they had to block across the offensive front and maybe take quick passes as opposed to, to letting Joe be a sitting duck with a big lead. Maybe there's some of that to it as well. Well, it's funny. When you sent out your tweet, I thought, you know, they might not get there because they might end up taking some of these guys out if this lead continues to get <laughs> out of hand. And, of course, it went the other way. Uh, as to your point about Lyle Collins getting hurt, Rappaport reported that his kneecap had shifted, but they thought that the ACL wasn't torn. Did you hear anything else I did not. about that injury? Yeah, I did not. And that would be weird if that's the case because uh, remember that's what happened to Jonah Williams um, back in the Baltimore game where his kneecap went all the way around to the other side of his knee and uh, they put it back in place and he was able to go back in and play. And that's I'm not saying that to knock Lyle Collins. If it's a dislocated kneecap, it's still bad. But if that's what it is, hopefully that's not a long-term situation. Um, you know, I would guess it wouldn't be back for Buffalo's situation, but hopefully you get him back uh, for the playoffs. 
Yeah, as for the second half and what went wrong, I just felt like nothing really went the Bengals' way. You had the the turnovers, and obviously, like the chase fumble is a big mistake there at the end where he's just not putting the ball away. But it's also one of those things where he gets away with doing that so often while he's Rick, running I, I around thought, guys. And I thought he was going to get away for the first down, to be quite frank. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, you want him to tuck the ball away, but he's also just one of those different players. And if that's how he has to do things to make the plays that he does. I think you have to live with it to a certain extent. I mean, this isn't something that happens too frequently with him, um, but it, it's a it's a costly mistake, obviously. But aside from that, you just had some marginal plays and calls that it felt like went against them. The, the proverbial ball wasn't bouncing their way in the second half. And I thought, again, the best example of that was the tip touchdown that went right to yeah. Kobe Myers. I mean, they, they, almost, they almost have him sacked. I thought they were going to try to throw a pass to get it into field goal range because it was 22 to 12 at that point. And, and, you know, you're thinking, all right, make it a one score game, throw a pass to field goal range. Instead, he scrambles around and just launches one. Lucky tip, lucky break. Chalk that up to, to craziness. You know, we can argue the, the, the play that Mac Jones, before he threw the touchdown, the intentional grounding, whether that was a fumble or not. I, I honestly thought he did throw the ball forward. Um, I thought it was the right call. That's my opinion. And I know a lot of Bengals fans I saw on Twitter differ with that, and that's fine. Um, but, you know, that that could have been actually, if it would have been ruled a fumble and the whistles hadn't blown, that could have been a Jermaine Pratt scoop and score. And that would have been night-night at that point. And that's another good example. And then you also had that, what did you think of the throw down the sideline? I can't remember who the receiver was that was involved. It was a long pass down the right sideline. The one where Kendall Bourne caught it? Yeah, well, they initially ruled it incomplete, went back, reviewed it, said he got both feet down and I controlled it. But he I mean, it also it's it's so weird because back in the day, you there's you weren't allowed to bounce the ball off the turf like that. I mean, so clearly and have it move around and still have it be ruled a catch. So I, I get the new rule is that you have to control it through hitting the ground. But that's just weird to see him directly pound the ball into the ground like that, see it shift and hit his face mask and still see the refs rule it a catch after yeah, watching our yeah. replay. They, they took a long look at it for sure. I want to go back to something you said before you continue with, with some questions. I think the overriding point is this. Good teams do find ways to win games like this, right? These are the games that bad teams like New England is. They're going to probably miss the playoffs. Why? Because they fumble down by the goal line. What does a good team do? They force the fumble down by the goal line. Um, and you can argue there's a little luck involved with that. I also happen to think it's, that's how good teams win two or three games a year that they literally steal by making a key play at a key juncture, whether it's offensively or defensively, and the bad teams simply don't, or the mediocre ones simply don't. If the Bengals were 4-11 and 11 and they make that play, you start talking about luck. They're 11-4 and four because they're making plays right. like that. And, and, it, and by the way, they had just, you know, they had their own mistake with Jamar Chase, obviously, that that set up that opportunity for the Patriots, too. So it's not like they didn't have things going their way. Von, Mel step, Von Bell stepped up and made a big-time play, and it's something you've talked about so many times that Lou Anarumo and this defensive coaching staff is all about going for the strip and knocking that ball loose in situations like that. And they executed it perfectly, just like they have multiple times throughout this year. Yeah, and go back to the Tampa Bay game, you know, the four second-half turnovers, um, three of them, I think the Bengals, they were legit takeaways. They weren't gifts from Tom Brady. Trey Flowers makes a ridiculous catch on an interception. Uh, you know, another ball's punched away. The only one that was really not was the Brady handoff to Fournette. So, again, it's making plays. It's not having plays made for you by the other team. It's you going out and making plays. 
Well, it was an entertaining game, and I will say both of us had Bengals and the under on our pick this week. So Bengals were minus three. The total in this game was 41 and a half is what it finished at. I think we had it at 41 maybe on Thursday when we made our picks during the weekly Potpourri podcast. But that's the type of game that is why you bet. I mean, if you were sitting on those numbers, you were one and a half points off or one point off basically the entire final six minutes or so, and you had two or three different plays that could have swung it either way. And, and the Bengals found a way to, to cover both. If you were on our side of things, yeah, not, I'm guessing, I'm guessing somebody, yeah, I'm guessing somebody said the reason why I bet is because I was feeling really good at 22, nothing. You yeah. just never feel good in this league. You don't, that's what this you league's can. about. This league's crazy. And one of the hardest things to do in the NFL is play with the big league. It is. No, I think it is too. I'm with you. Yeah, it's, it's just, all, I mean, th- I think that can go for a lot of sports, but especially in the NFL where that there's just so much parody and these quarterbacks are so good. And, you know, I don't think Mac Jones is at the top of that list, but give him credit. He made some plays when they needed him in the fourth quarter. That he did. All right, Skinny, anything else to uh, add on to this game? A little bit shorter, maybe with the being Christmas Eve here? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's a seventh straight win, too. That's the other part. You know, winning streaks like that don't happen in this league. And, and keep in mind, in that seven-game winning streak, you've just gone and won at a desperate New England. You went and won at a desperate Tampa Bay. You went and won it at the time, which was a playoff team over there fading quickly at, at Tennessee. And you won at your rival Pittsburgh. Four of those wins in this seven-game winning streak were on the road. Well, that's a good point. You've also covered seven straight games. That's crazy. Yeah. And like uh, 12 out of the last 13, I think there's only three games that they haven't covered all year. So that was Pittsburgh, Dallas and Cleveland. Uh, T Higgins, by the way, went over the thousand yard mark today. He's now at a thousand and twenty two yards. And Jamar Chase, remember, despite missing a handful of games by injury, uh, barring something catastrophic for him, too. He is now do my math on this very quickly. He is now at. 860 yards so he's 40 yards away so back-to-back seasons it looks like you're gonna have 2,000 yard receivers pretty impressive yeah no especially when you know you've had those guys miss some time. time with injuries on top of it no doubt all right rick i think it's gonna wrap it up it's a quick one um the story of the game obviously is the play at the end uh, i know a lot of bengals fans it'll make them a much merrier i i can't imagine bengals nation at Christmas Eve, when this is supposed to be such a nice night with family, friends, um, understanding the the reason for the season and all those things. I don't think anything, anybody was going to understand anything other than they were pissed off if they lost this game. Yeah, blowing a 22-point lead isn't a, exactly a good way to start your Christmas Eve, although I imagine there was many cups of Christmas cheer consumed there during that fourth quarter. Probably right. Hopefully not too much to where you can't go do what you're supposed to do for the rest of the night, right? Be careful on the roads, folks. Exactly. That's the other part to it. All right, Rick, we'll be back uh, on Thursday for our weekly podcast, our Potpourri podcast. We thank you for joining us for this one, a quick edition of the Bengals Recap Podcast. For Rick Roaring, I'm Richard Skinner. It's been the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals Post Game Edition, presented by Ryan Kiefer of First Community Mortgage. <laughs>